three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is Hunter here, and I'm going to make this a very quick review. I have a review for a movie called Forces of Nature, which, unfortunately, I did not know existed until my uh, my friend Chris told me, oh, this is a movie. And I was like, oh, that's unfortunate. <laughs> and... Once it was on my radar, I was like, well, shit, it, it'll at least be an easy review. So this movie stars Emil Hirsch. And can I just can I just take a second to say, remember when Emil Hirsch was going to be a thing? Remember that? It seemed like, like he was just being really, like, set up to be the next guy, the next it. Uh, next it star. I remember when Alpha Doll came out and people were just singing the praises of that movie and how great he was. And then I actually, I know a lot of people don't. I love Speed Racer. I think it's a fun movie. Not by no means perfect, but I enjoyed it. And then he was in Milk, which won an Oscar for Sean Penn. So I was like, okay, he's on uh, he's on the upswing. And then he did Taken Woodstock, which I enjoyed. Uh, but then he did The Darkest Hour, which is a piece of shit. And then he did Savages. Uh, Killer Joe was good, but then he ended up doing just a bunch of stuff that just seems like it's one step forward, one step back, or two steps. Uh, like, one step forward, two steps back. It's just a lot of stuff that's just random, like The Outsider, Vincent and Roxy, I haven't even heard of. Um, I, I don't know what happened to him. And, and Kate Bosworth falls into that same... Uh, that same category for me. I like Kate Bosworth. She seems like she'd be just fun to have a conversation with. I, I think she's amazing and still uh, in just in still Alice alone. I haven't seen uh, the domestics yet, but I've heard that that was uh, excellent. Um, but she's just been in a lot of bad shit. Whether it's uh, Homefront or Movie Forty Three or um, Straw Dogs or win a date with Ted Hamilton, like, she's just been in a bunch of really, really shitty things, um, and she's in this, and that really broke my heart, because I, 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 I like her the most out of everyone in the cast, and then we get to Mel Gibson, so, I am so torn, because as a kid, Lethal Weapon, it's still, it's a movie I own, I, I, I fully acknowledge it, I, Love the Mad Max films. I think he's great in Chicken Run. Um, I I have a soft spot for all the Lethal Weapons. Uh, the second one's actually my least favorite. Uh, but Mel Gibson's a hell of a director. Say what you will about him. I mean, Hacksaw Ridge was only four years ago that he got nominated for an Oscar for Best Director. Um, Get the Gringo was a lot of fucking fun. Um, he was great as Vaz and Machete. As, uh, Machete, Machete Kills, pardon me. Um, and then in The Expendables 3, I thought he was great as a villain, but, uh, and the, the movie The Beaver is actually a way better movie, I think people give it credit for, um, if you hear meowing in the background, that's my cat who wants to go outside, but, uh, but we have to acknowledge that Mel Gibson is at best crazy, at worst, just an absolute piece of shit human being, and, 
unfortunately, there's audio of him at least having uh, glimpses of being a shitty human being. And so, I guess my whole thing is to say, why be in a movie with Mel Gibson at this point? Like, I'm not saying Emil Hirsch and Kate Bosworth just having, you know, their phones ring off the hook, but, I mean, this movie looked like it was filmed in a month, if that. This movie just is insanely bad just from jump it it feels like someone learned uh powerpoint and uh, adobe after effects and they're like oh my god i took the beginner class i need to go ahead and showcase my skills because the way these scenes transition from scene to scene it feels like when you've d uh, discovered the uh, like the corner drop down from from powerpoint it's so amateurish and the film just plays really badly so the plot of this and to be completely honest with you guys i uh so there's a hurricane that's happening uh it happens in uh san juan puerto rico it's this group a uh, group of thieves who are led by uh, uh david zayas you know him of course that's uh, agent batista uh from dexter but he's really kind of becoming that guy where if you need someone who is uh, evil and brown to be leading a to be leading a group of people with him? Call it David Zayas because it's the essentially the exact same fucking role he's playing in the first Expendables. And so they go ahead, they find out that there are paintings in this building that are worth millions of dollars, but unfortunately for him who lives in this building but troy played by kate got kate bosworth and mel gibson who plays ray and so ray has a bunch of ailments he's essentially on death's door so the moment they say that you automatically know well of course he's gonna die but i, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this but there's a surprising amount of just dumb shit that occurs that i almost want to warn you guys about because i know some people will go well this sounds like a so good it's bad movie. No, this is just a bad movie. I, I I just finished watching this and I really wish I had my ninety one minutes back. Um, it's it's really quite a bummer. But the way the movie even opens up, uh, it's directed by Michael uh, Michael Polish is the guy's name, and he has really directed not a lot of stuff. Um, he directed this. Uh, couple films one called jackpot one called norfolk both have very low uh low ratings um he directed uh oh god he directed this he directed that uh that uh christian film uh 90 minutes in heaven which i i won't even go into um so yeah not a great track record and good to know the record continues it's still intact as far as being terrible um he, <laughs> uh, this fucking movie, but, um, so the movie starts off with this, uh, with this big storm, and, you know, they're going ahead trying to get into this building, uh, said building, it's basically the building from the raid, it just looks like it's just all these, you know, how, uh, little houses stacked atop of each other, and so, John the Baptist and his followers are going floor by floor trying to go ahead and find this, uh, find this painting, um, I did take some notes on this, uh, shockingly, just because, you know, eh. But the movie opens up with these sweeping shots. It's very Michael Bay, attempt, like, attempting to be Michael Bay, but it's not even... Like, clearly they didn't have the budget, one. Uh, two, 
say what you will about Michael Bay, he knows how to establish a shot and how to make things feel important. When they go into the background on uh, uh, Cardillo, who's Emil Hirsch's character, he's the cop, uh, or one of the cops in the film, I, I really, it, it's so complicated and yet so simple that there was just a point I went, I don't care. Like, he did something bad in New York that follows him here. That's really all you essentially need uh, to fucking know. But this movie, for it being uh, rated R, you really don't see any violence in this. I mean, yeah, you see people gunned down, but, I mean, you're not... The, the, the violence doesn't feel real. It feels like any time they could have shown anything remotely offensive or brutal, they had to cut away from it. It, it, it was actually really... This is, like, one of the lightest R films I've seen in a while, because even the cussing, yeah, they say fucking a couple times, but really, you could have cut this back to PG-13 if you'd taken out some of the F-words. That actually would have probably made them more money, honestly, if you had made this PG-13 instead of rated R. Um, as far as far as the film, though, um, Troy and uh, Cordillo uh, get trapped in the building because of this, uh, because of the storm. Uh, Cardillo and his partner, I don't even remember the partner's name, it doesn't really matter, they go ahead and arrest this person of color because he had gone to a market to go ahead and buy some meat. Now, when I say some meat, I'm definitely underselling it because he bought like 100 pounds of fucking meat, which this guy behind him freaks out on him. He's like, yeah, I was trying to get some meat for me and my son to have dinner, and he basically goes, oh, tough shit. So the first question is, why does someone need 100 pounds of meat? Is he, you know, is he just, like, freezing all the shit? So, you find out... <laughs> you find out later on that this this character... Again, I'm not even going to look up his name. I, I believe it's Griffin. Uh, that sounds right. Um, yeah, let's just say Griffin. So, Griffin, he has an animal in his, in his possession... It's some sort of exotic animal. It, it might as well have been a fucking Pokemon, to be completely fucking honest. But they never mention the creature. They never name the creature specifically. He just keeps saying, oh, I have this thing. And so you find out it, it growls. So I went, oh, tiger. But again, could have been a fucking, po could have been a fucking Pokemon. Who knows? But <laughs> the way he got this creature is that he was being harassed by white cops, uh, I believe they say in New York, where he used to live, and so he won a settlement against the police department, moved down to Puerto Rico, and used some of his money to go ahead and actually, um, to, to uh, go ahead and save, um, to go ahead and save this cat, or this, this creature, pardon me. He goes ahead and uses that money, locks the creature in his small-ass apartment, I mean, it really is the equivalent of having, like, a giant-ass dog living in a condo and never walking it. Um, but he goes ahead and has this creature just locked under bolt and key, multiple locks. And that's what he spent his money on, apparently. They never actually mentioned how much he got from the settlement, which actually would have been nice to know because, you know, moving out of country and all that, that's not cheap. But, you know, whatever. That's... What, that that is that is the least of this film's problems, but so that's a whole storyline. So we get the we get the police brutality storyline, and 
The thing that really made me uncomfortable is there are a couple characters at multiple points who ask these German men if they were Nazis or if they knew Nazis. And it's really offensive the first time they bring it up. The second time they bring it up, it's downright, like, it, it, it's even worse somehow uh, than the first time. Uh, Griffin is having this whole conversation with uh, uh, this character. I Again, I, I can't find the character's name to be I, I not not uh not Migs. I actually don't even they don't even have the character's name listed here on Rotten Tomatoes if that tells you anything. But um this older gentleman who ends up being the one who's hiding these paintings you find out. He has this whole conversation about, oh, are you a Nazi? He's like, I'm not like that anymore. So I was like, oh of course you have to make him a former Nazi to have him convert from being a Nazi. So he has this, you know, moment of Jesus, uh, coming to Jesus moment with this person of color, which I just went, oh my god. And the person of color is horribly portrayed, because again, he's keeping this exotic creature in his fucking house, where it's unable to roam or do shit. I mean, he's, he's Joe Exotic, he's Joe Exoticing this fucking animal, and yet he's just giving everyone else shit, and it, it, it really, really doesn't make any sense, and the movie just kind of keeps pushing it aside and just kind of going like, well, you know, whatever, what are you going to do? Um, it, it, it so <laughs> the thing I, I, I even told, I even told my girlfriend as we're watching it, because Griffin makes this very particular point when Cardillo is in his house, he goes, you better take off that cop uniform. He's like, why? He's like, I trained this animal to hate cops. So, the moment I heard that, I looked over at her, okay, I was like, oh, we know how this movie's gonna end. Because, clearly, at that point, the fact that... <laughs> the fact that this creature hates cops. Which, by the way, training a creature to hate cops just to recognize, what, all cop uniforms, in theory, is just... That's a leap in itself. But the way that John the Baptist gets his cop uniform on is so just coincidental in a way that I just ruled my fucking, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, really? This is how we're going to go ahead and get around this? And when the creature inevitably attacks John the Baptist, um, it is such a bad CG effect. It looks like PlayStation 1 level quality. It is horrendous when you see this creature. And it is, and the movie has the balls because it has no fucking budget. The movie has the balls to go ahead and have this creature attack him, and then the, and then the camera pans out, so you just see like a light going off. It, it damn near is a Scooby Doo car, cartoon. You just see a, a light go off and ah, and screaming, and that's and that's all you get. You don't actually see the creature tear him apart, and so they couldn't even give you that. And oh god, just some more to think about this. Cordillo has this moment with Troy. Where, by the way, the movie does actually officially open up with uh, Cardillo in this fight with one of John the Baptist's uh, henchmen. And there's really no reason, by the way, for the movie to open up with that. It, it really has no consequence later because they, like, for, 45 minutes in, it's right back to the starting point of the movie. So there's really no reason to fucking show that. It, like, like, it really didn't make any sense. But they... <laughs> But they have they have that moment where uh, Troy goes ahead and saves him. Uh, she shoots him in the leg, but does end up saving him by uh, killing his assailant. And so they have, of course, the moment of 
her helping out him out with his stitches and helping out with the wound. And he has to have his therapy session where he goes, this is why I'm so damaged, baby. You don't need anyone like me. And it's just like, oh, please make this stop. And might I add, this is a point where Troy has been separated from her dad, Ray, for at least 20 minutes. And there's no sense of urgency for them to go ahead and find their friends or for Cordelia to find his partner, Jess, who's played by Stephanie Akeo, I believe is how you say it. Um, his partner who's been uh, helping out Ray because so, the two groups of them separated. There's no sense of urgency for them to get back and try to help them out. I mean, fucking Troy's father. And she's like, oh, well, I have to flirt real quick. And and, and Cordelia has this whole breakdown moment where he talks about how I went to go ahead. Uh, I told my girlfriend to you know stay behind because she's a cop. But then there's this breaking out her building, and this guy called in a fake uh, gun threat. And I saw a gun and I shot, and it happened to be my girlfriend. I was like, oh my fucking like like it is coincidence in a way that I went nah like no nah, I'm sorry I'm not giving you that movie. It's there's so much more I could say about this, but to be honest, guys, I want to keep this under 20 minutes because it's not worth talking about it, even as long as I already have. Um, I paid six bucks to rent this, and when I think about the fact I paid about $8-ish a ticket for Leia and I to see Jojo Rabbit, now that was on my best of last year, um, this movie actually pisses me off even more the more I think about it. Um... Yeah, this is this is a go fuck yourself to the highest degree. This is there's just nothing about this. I mean, because right now you have to pay for it. I mean, if you saw this on Netflix, I might say like maybe a F minus, maybe. <laughs> but honestly though, the fact of the matter is there's nothing about this movie that I could recommend to people. It's not worth your 90 minutes. It's not even fun even get drunk and make fun of like something like cats which is so bad so it's just a bad movie from start to finish and there's no reason to waste your time so yeah this will go fuck yourself so uh guys have you seen uh force of nature i'd rather watch forces of nature with uh sandra bullock and ben affleck i, I remember actually liking that way more than i like this but uh let us know what you thought in the uh, comments you can go ahead and like us on facebook at the real pineapple you can follow yours truly on twitter at J Hunter Real Pineapple. That's R E E L Pineapple. You can follow Colin on Twitter at The Real O'Neill. And you can follow Scott on Twitter at Nearman the First. And go ahead, like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and iHeartRadio at The Real Pineapple. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up this week for the Babysitter's Club, uh, for Hamilton, and I will have a review up as well for uh, Season 2 of the uh, newest uh, reiteration of The Twilight Zone. Uh, guys, thank you so much for your support. Love doing this for you guys. Please stay safe. Wear a mask. The sooner we all wear a mask, the sooner we can all go back outside. Uh, love you guys and stay safe. Talk to you soon.